this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome back to our part two sit down with Miss Eugenia Washington. And if you haven't heard part one, feel free to check it out. We talk about how she got involved with Top Model, all sorts of things with how she was treated from day one by the producers, Ken Mock, Tyra. We talk Naomi, the other judges, of course, Janice Dickinson, Jay Manuel. And, you know, now we continue all that. We get more into the judges and Tyra and just... I don't know. There's very few TV shows that shock me about what goes on behind the scenes. And somehow every time we talk to a winner of top model or a judge, I'm left shocked. So stay tuned for part two of our sit down with Miss Eugenia Washington and part one, check it out, check it out first and here part two. And you didn't like Twiggy or Nigel. Twiggy was sheep and Nigel, Nigel's fake. So I mean, really? Twiggy, Twiggy did what they told her to do. She's she was she she was a sheep, and then Nigel was just fake, and he thought he was trying to be suave and debonair and shit, but he wasn't. Nigel just wanted to talk shit about you to, uh, uh, for his own personal amusement, but that was it. What about Jay Manuel? I mean, like, were you excited to meet him? Like, you watched the show before. You were Jay on was very cool stuff. I didn't catch his vibe. I remember thinking he was um, closed off. He was not emotional, and he was there doing his job. That's what I got from Mr. J. So, and he wasn't on anybody's side. He was neutral. He was there. He did his job. He said what he had to say. He made the manipulations he had to make, and that was what he was there doing. Did you feel less manipulated by him than some of the others? No, they were all in it. The only person I felt that was actually um, genuine was Miss J. That's the only one. What about, I mean, like, did you have a lot of interactions with Tyra? Like, or was it just what I think it is? 
Tyra and I, I, and I say this, and I've been saying this since I've been on the show, and that's why she don't like my ass right now, but Tyra and I don't get along. She doesn't like me. I don't like her. We've never liked each other, and that's that. But I saw her, and she tried to kick my ass every single elimination um, because I wasn't, I wasn't scared of her. I just wasn't scared of her. I was not raised to be a scared person. Like, you know, we're real people. I was not raised like that. Why would I be afraid of Tyra Banks? Like, I'm not, I, I was there to learn from her and, and talk to her and she was my hero and I really looked up to her. So to be nervous and scared, I was like, Mm-mm, it's not that, there's an opportunity for me. But other girls were drinking the Tyra Kool-Aid and singing to her and kissing her ass. And I was like, I'm not here to do that, you know? Um, so she didn't like that because Tyra needs people to kiss her ass. So her thing for me was to try to humble me. And I was like, well, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of too late because I am who I am. So... Um, we had, we had our power struggles and she tried to flex her power on me all the time. And I was like, okay, fine. I always knew what it was going to be with me and Tyra during elimination. It was always going to be a showdown. She was always going to say some fuck shit to me that, uh, made me mad or pissed me off or trying to make me look stupid. I knew that they were choosing all of my worst images so she could talk shit. That was what they were trying to do to me. And so they would put me at the very end to make me shake in my boots. And then they save me and say, Eugenia, here's your picture. So I was like, this is the game she's trying to play. Okay. You felt that's what they try to do because I like, exactly it, that's what they were trying to do. Yeah. Cause you're just like, I'm a person. Tyra's a person. I'm not afraid of her. My dad did not teach me to be afraid of anybody. My dad is a crazy ass thug ass country ass nigga. I'm not afraid of anybody. I'm, I, I survived Eugene Washington. I'm not afraid of anybody. Definitely not no Tyra Banks or anyone. And that is who I am. So just because I come into this situation doesn't mean I'm going to change how I was raised, who I was created to be. Do you understand? So she's never seen nobody like me. No, I don't think she (laughs) did. And the other girls off camera, on camera, I am, like you said, they were just kissing the ass. Yeah, and on top of that, again, I have eight brothers and sisters. We're all a year and a half, two years apart. We're all very much alike. We're all just outspoken, very smart, very athletic, very tall. I'm not the tallest one in my family. The tallest one in my family is six, seven. We were wow. raised by like freedom fighters, you know what I mean? So we have a very, we have a very powerful group. I was raised in a very powerful group. So that's just, and so living with girls didn't mean anything to me because this is like at home, you know? So I wasn't shaken by any of it. Were like the other girls saying to you back at the house, like you're insane? Like No, because I was nice. I'm nice. So it's just like, I'm only like this when people challenge me, but I'm a nice person. So um, I was cracking jokes with other girls. I was friends with other girls when they were all down and shit. I uh, was reading everybody Bible, Bible verses. I had each one of them a Bible verse I would pick out to uplift their spirits. You know what I mean? Like, I was, I was, I'm a friend. I'm a good friend. Were the producers like, girl, you're going to get your ass kicked off the show. You got to start. Like, were they telling you to kiss up to Tyra? I don't care. No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't even that. It was just be who you are. But the thing was, I didn't go hard on Tyra at the show. I was very gracious, and I played my part, and I was maneuvering. But just internally, I understood what it was. 
and I made choices based on what I understood it was. It wasn't me popping off like, fuck you, Tara, da, 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 da. No, because that's not the arena. That's not how you win. Of course, I was gracious enough, but I wasn't going to get run over. Why do you say she doesn't like you? Like, has she spoken out since? Tyra doesn't like me. <laughs> Tyra does not like me. If she saw me in the street, she would ignore me. Um, yeah, but no, I met, I told this story before. I met um, a good friend of mine is Mame Ajaye. I don't know how to say her last name still to this day. God damn it. Her name is Mame. She was on cycle 11, 12, I believe. And uh, we have a mutual friend and I met her probably five years ago in LA at one of our friend's house parties. And I was like, oh my God, there goes mommy. Oh my God, she's so beautiful. And um, I guess she felt the same way about me. So uh, there was a time during the party that we got up and I was like, oh my gosh, mommy, you know, it was wonderful meeting you. I think you're beautiful, blah, blah, blah. So she's like, oh, I was wanting to meet you too. And she's like, what's going on with you and Tyra? And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, during elimination one time, Tyra was like, uh, you remind me of this other model, this beautiful dark skinned black um, girl named Eugenia, that bitch. And she was like, and I just didn't know why she said that. And I just wanted, like, I wanted to know what was going on with you guys. And I was like, ah, she did. Oh, she would. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, she don't like me. She said that on the show. Cause I don't, she I don't. On the show during. Wow. Well, okay. It's so on the show, but you know, during panel on a different taping of a different show. Okay, so if she saw you, you're saying she wouldn't speak to you. She'd cross the street and look the other way. What if you saw her? Would you say anything? And what would you say? No, I got nothing to say her either. Because her thing was trying to humble me. And I don't appreciate that. That's not honorable. That's her and her own insecurity. You know, you don't take a young girl who's trying to enter in this industry where you have to have self-confidence and you have to be who you are. You have to be firm and know who you are in order to win. You know what I mean? Because we're up against so much opposition, not only as black women, just as women in an industry where it only matters if they like what you look like, you know? So you have to be strong in who you are and what you look like and, and trust yourself and your moves and your instincts and know that what's for you is for you. And so she understands that. So for me coming in and having the confidence that I had and for her mission to be to humble me was fucked up because she knows how, how detrimental that is for a young girl at that time especially going into this industry so like no she doesn't I, there's there's no I have no that's dishonorable that's dishonorable that was Tyra trying to kill my personality and the person I am and my persona that was a personal attack on me and my character and I didn't do shit to her and she didn't I didn't deserve that and she didn't have the right to do that so I don't have nothing to say to Tyra at, on a human level you know, fuck the show. I don't owe Tyra anything. But on a human level, she ain't shit to me. You understand? I do. Yeah. I no mean, one has the right to do that to you. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Check out betterhelp.com slash velvetrobe. Listen, life is full of stress. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are. Life is stressful. You may not be feeling down and out and depressed or like you're at a total loss, but if your stress level is high, like mine, your temper is shorter than usual, like mine, or even if you're starting to feel strained in any of your relationships, you could probably use the chance to unload. 
unload the stress and get it out. Talk to someone who's completely unbiased and who's not going to judge you or take sides. If there's stuff you can't tell your friends or family, this is the place to do it. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Unload the stressors and get some unbiased feedback. You'd be pretty surprised at what you might gain for it. Try it out. See if it's for you. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Behind the Velvet Rope listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. That's B. E T T E R H E L P dot com slash velvet rope. Betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. Do you think right? I mean, well, so I don't know if you've read like the I mean it's fiction, it's not true, but I don't know if you've I read have it. My agent just gave it to me. Let me tell you something. Okay, here's the thing. So okay. I interviewed Jay. So he sent me the book, and I'm like, you know. I'll read a little bit of this before the interview. Honey, I was like, I'm not leaving my house. I could not stop reading it. It's really? so, it's so good. Wow, I started it. Well, I mean, especially being on the show. Okay, so after you read it, you and I need to talk again. Because I'm so, you know, Jay is very, love him, but he's very, he doesn't want to rock the boat. So, I mean, I was like, this is fiction, but it's based on something. I mean, you, you're going to read it. You're going to say, well, there's Janice. There's, you know, Jay. There's Miss Jay. But so like the wig, the bitch, the meltdown. So it has this whole, I'm just so curious after you read it, if it's, you're like, this is so accurate. Okay. 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 I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. My agent just gave it to me. And I started, I think I got uh, the first like 15 pages and then I got sidetracked with life, you know? So I'm going to get back to it. I'm going to try to read it this week, actually. And then we're going to have a conversation. It gets, you're just like, it's just so, even, even if it's not so true, but I mean, it is, it's uh, so good. It's so good. So two things. So like, you know, one of the things in the book is just how it was such a tense set. Like, did yeah. you feel that as a contestant? Like, could you feel, and I don't know if it was by cycle seven when you were there, but like, you know, Jay and Tyra really ended up not working well together. Maybe that's why he was just there to do his job. And like, did you feel the tension? Like were people walking on eggshells afraid of Tyra? Tyra tried to make it that way, but she didn't come around a lot. Like we saw her during panel, period. And she might come into the house once or twice. She'll be there for five minutes, deliver whatever message she needed to deliver and leave. So um, that's all we saw of her. But when she was in panel, she was very just snippy and strict. She doesn't have a good vibe. She has an asshole ass bitch ass vibe. Um, You can tell that people don't like her and you can tell that she's upset. Um, And I'm not just saying that, I'm saying what I know because it's like she don't know how to be nice. And so that was always puzzling to me because I've always been a person that, you know, I go up, I I can feel your vibe. That's just kind of like one of my things. And it was just like, Tara, you're really trying to be um, an asshole right now. You're really trying just to be distant, you know? And um, so in that regard, yes. But I feel like the girls on the show 
gave some sort of relief to the producers because they were nice to us. And um, yeah, everybody was so nice. And it was sad to like not be around them anymore um, because they were just so nice to us, you know? And I think that in some ways they felt sorry for us and, you know, tried to make us comfortable as much as we could. And they knew that we were under so much pressure as well. And they knew what their job was, was to mind fuck us this whole time. And they knew that we were all young girls just trying to do this thing that, you know, this, this TV show thing, like, you know, so everybody was just kind of like in this, in this, in this top model institution whirlwind circuit sort of thing, playing their position. Did you feel, even though she didn't come around except for panel, like, did you hear a producer saying like, oh no, oh no, like Tyra, Tyra, like. I didn't hear anybody say Like that. afraid. Well, <laughs> as you read the book, you have to, I mean, that's the atmosphere Jay paints that like backstage, uh, it was eggshells 24 seven with the producers. I and bet. It makes sense. I don't know. We don't ever know where Tyra was at. We don't ever know where she was at. Um. She would just show up. And it's not like you ever were like waiting there during a panel and she was having a complete meltdown off to the side and you were like, oh my God, where is that screaming coming from? Nothing like that. No, because after we left panel, the room, they took us like down the hall, to the left, up the stairs, go to the right, go down the hall, go upstairs, go into that room. And then that's the room we were in. Do you- Holding cell. Do you feel, because this comes up in the book too, again, it's a fiction book, but like, do you feel she was harder on you to break you of your, whatever you're calling it, attitude, trying to teach you? It was like from day one. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, I didn't do nothing to you. Like, why are you trying to be so mean to me? And I thought it's because she told, because I said that cycle four was whack or something like that. What was that? Cycle seven, six, five. I didn't like the one with... I didn't like the one with, uh, I didn't like the one with Naima and Kenya and shit. So I was like, yeah, yeah. that site is whack. I don't like them, blah, 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 blah. But I'm going to go on here and I'm going to be this and I'm that. And it was just kind of like, you know, I speak my mind. I say what I got to say and I'm not afraid to, to, to be the person I am. And she, one time during panel, she picked my worst picture out of a hundred pictures. This is the best one, but it's the fucking worst. And I would always be thinking, I had a hundred pictures. This ain't the best one out of a hundred. But you know. And she would be like, Eugenia, this is the third week in a row that you delivered a, a whack picture. Uh, and you over here said that everybody from cycle four was whack, but you know what? This is a whack picture and you're whack. I think that maybe you need to humble yourself because you're out here saying that you're this and you're that, but baby girl, you're not proven to be that. And you're like, bitch, you, cho- you chose my worst picture. You felt that they did that. They purposely chose. Let me tell you something. You're going to get one picture out of a hundred frames. You're going to get one really good one out of a hundred. You're going to. So you pick the worst fucking picture, like you. This can't be the best I did because I was there when I did it. Right. So I remember, you know, the ones I was like, okay, that was good. Okay, that was good. Okay, oh, that sucked. I was there. So then you pull this one out, and I'm like, that's when I was looking off to the camera. That was in between takes. Why the fuck would she choose that? Fuck. 
You should yeah. have this is your best video. All your tape, your whole entire tape. It was hard to choose. You know, I had to take your head off of this one and put it onto that one because you were looking all over the place, all over. I was like, no, I wasn't. But okay, you know, you would really see like, I remember taking that picture and I heard a noise off camera. So I looked and that's the one you chose. Right. You're like, I know there's better ones. There's better ones, but someone has to go home every single time. What about, do you think she was harder or trying to humble you more because like you are another black woman, younger? Yeah, I think, I think so. I think so. I think it was her turn to try to bully somebody because she felt bullied and I think that she wanted to, it to be me. Or did she feel like threatened, you know, you're young and up and coming? That's very possible because Tara's insecure. Very possible. It's very possible that she saw my potential and saw what I could be, and she also saw my my uh, confidence in being it, and she also saw something she probably did not have and probably needed to have. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Do you ever ask yourself why are so many dogs suffering with health issues? Well, actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 1,600 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs, joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, says there's one place we can look to support any dog's health, their food. So she decided to create something she could actually feel good about feeding her dogs, and it's called Superfood Complete. Superfood Complete is the only food I use for the dog in my life, Doherty. Why? Because Doherty's health is so important to me. Doherty is so picky. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But he loves this dog food. What do I love best about Superfood Complete? The fact that it's made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet. But don't take my word for it. Go to badlandsranch.com slash velvet in order right now to get 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S ranch.com slash velvet today. And, and so she was like, nah, nah, fuck her. Because that was just another thing in the book that like it implied maybe she was harder on certain people. Yeah, she was hard on me for sure. And after every panel, because she would spend the longest time talking shit to and about about me during panel and I would be like okay I was up here for 30 minutes and Tyra Banks really trying to sit here and ream on me for 30 minutes and I go back up to the holding cell and everybody's like wow Eugene are you okay like wow she really said this about she really did that like are you fine and I'd be like you know I had to catch my breath and just like go in my own personal space and just like think myself through it and think through it and think through it and just be like whatever it is is gonna be is gonna be like it's Tyra's no match made for for me for real for real and that's just uh, that's just the realist like you know what I mean like she just I like I just had to think my way through it and say okay well I'm gonna go downstairs I'm nervous 
but if she wants to vote me off today, then she's voting me off today. But I went in there knowing I was going to get third, so I didn't think I was going to get voted off. I knew I was going to get third. You did? Yeah, that was my plan. I knew it. And the thing is, when I say I want to do something, I do it. When I'm, when I'm, you know, you make a statement, a declaration, and you watch it happen. I didn't want to go in there and win. It was like, I hope I win America's Next Top Model. Like, you know, that's not for everybody. But for me, I said specifically, I want to get third. I don't wow. want to win because I don't want to be known as the girl who won top model. I don't want to be second because nobody remembers the runner up. But I want to be third because everybody, because I get to the very last episode, um, everybody remembers the third girl. And then I also get to do the final runway and stuff off, off the record. So I was like, I'll get third. So then that gives me enough camera time to be there the whole entire um, season. And then when I get off, I can kind of anonymously enter into the industry. Right. And if you win, you're tied to more things and there's more. more things. And also, I knew I wasn't going to be able to win because Danny won the season before me and she's another dark skinned black girl. So I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to win, period, because Danny already won. So let me not even uh, lie to myself. Let me be realistic about where I'm standing at and, and what I can actually achieve and how it'll work for me. And third works for me. And you literally said that coming in, like, okay, the person who won the season before was a dark-skinned black girl, so let's face it, guys, I'm not winning the show. Yeah, I mean, these are realities that black people have to live with. You know, there's only room for one. It's not like you can, you know, that's, it's, it's our life. So you have to maneuver around these realities. And then to that point, like, did you feel each week the person who was eliminated was the real person or do you think it was like no they're keeping that person because she's good tv or do you really feel each week it was the true bottom person guys you know i spend all day talking to the real housewives from every city listen i can't help it all my friends are women and as a self-respecting gay man when we get together nothing is off limits what I hear from my friends all the time is that when they turn to high quality underwear, sleepwear, and loungewear, the only place they go is Third Love. Third Love has cup sizes ranging from double A to I, including exclusive half cups, and lounge and sleepwear comes in sizes XS to 3X. With such a large variety of sizes, what happens? The fit ends up being perfect. There's a really easy fitting room quiz to take when shopping at Third Love. It's like a personal shopper. It's very interactive. The quiz focuses on size, breast shape, current fit issues, and someone's personal style to help deliver bras and underwear that are the perfect fit for you. The fitting room has helped 18 million women find their true bra size and you could be next. And what I love is that the perfect fit is promised. They stand behind their products. If you don't love the fit from third love exchanges and returns are free. That's right. They're free. And what I also love about third love is that they give back. They're the largest donor of undergarments in the U S they've helped donate over 40 million in product to help women make powerful life changes. Listen, Third Love knows you deserve to feel comfortable and confident 24-7. So right now they're offering all of you, my listeners of Behind the Velvet Rope, 20% off your first order. 
Go to thirdlove.com slash velvet now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 20% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash velvet for 20% off today. Some girls were boring. One girl didn't want to be there and she never gave the camera which they needed to get to get what it needed to gave, you know? So she got to get voted off because it's TV, bitch. Do your job. Um, the twins stayed on because that was good TV for them to make it to the very end. And then the twins battle against each other and, you know, they have to say goodbye. So that was already solidified. Um, let's see. Um... Brooke got voted off because she was kind of boring and uh, there was kind of no need for her anymore. And it was her graduation. So they were like, this is the perfect time to send, send her off. That, that'll be some drama, you know? And so it was like, you see how they're maneuvering as we go based on how you act, your relationship with the other girls, your images, what of you how long your story could go along, how your story relates to other girls and how it meshes with those girls' stories and your willingness to cooperate with talking shit about people. And I would agree. I think in reality TV in general, if there's a certain type of winner one season, chances are the next season, it's not going to be the same type of winner. I mean, it's just real life. You have to be, you have to be, it's reality. You have to be strategic about your life. Yeah. Do you feel you got it the hardest from Tyra during your season out of all, just as far as this? I got it the hardest from her. Shit. I got it the hardest from her, but I was the strongest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And right. And it might have been just because. Yeah. You you are a black woman. Yeah. Yeah, I got this, the hardest from her. I was the easiest target, you know. She 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 knew how to get to me and push my buttons because she's another black woman too. So she knew what to say to me, and she tried it. Um, she tried it. Well, could you argue maybe that she saw herself in you, like a younger version, and she was just Not trying to all of that. If she saw me in her, then then you take me under your wing, bitch. Don't fucking tear me down. And then try to leave me out in the streets. Like, teach me something if you saw if you saw you and me. You know what I mean? Because you've done this before. So you know what the industry is about. So, like, all that tough love shit, save it. If I'm mentoring someone, if I see someone with potential, if I'm like, wow, you, you can be great. I'm not going to be like, you ain't shit, bitch. You know what I mean? Like, what kind of logic is that? Yes. are you told no I mean I agree with that yeah (laughs) are you told like when you start by producers like are you told like now everyone remember like Tyra's coming you're not to look at her you're not to do or it's none of that no we didn't get that Mm -hmm. none of this like the rumor you can't mention Naomi anywhere near Tyra nothing like that (laughs) Tyra's definitely afraid of Naomi Campbell (laughs) that's the funny part she don't stand a chance against her. She shakes in her boots against Naomi Campbell. And Naomi Campbell just sits there like, girl, listen, that was in the past. I don't know what you, I don't know what you want me to tell you. And she's like, but you, you made fun of me. And she's like, well, aren't you an adult? You know what I mean? <laughs> like she shakes in her fucking boots. I don't know what Naomi Campbell really did to that girl. 
but she can't handle it. Naomi. Adulthood, didn't she? Like, damn, bitch, get over it. You have a whole talk show and reality show. You still mad? I'm that, shit. That's, that seems to be a chip on her shoulder that she can't get over. Yeah, a chip. A chip. And it's so sad because Tyra, she created her own lane. Like, no one could take America's Next Top Model away from her, period. Like, she created this global phenomenon. Why the fuck are you still mad about the uh, uh, Versace show in 1991? You know what I mean? I mean, why do you think she can't get over Naomi? I mean, it's a big industry, right? There's room for everyone. Mm, There's not so much room for everyone, but I mean, (laughs) listen, I wasn't there. I don't know what the fuck Naomi really did to her, but... I mean, Tyra, um, she couldn't deal with it. She she could not deal with it, and she never got over it. And I guess her mama didn't help her with it either. But uh, counseling didn't help her either. That's the crazy part. It's like there's so many things that she could have done to help her get over that. Instead, she just made herself a mockery. Um, I don't know what Tyra did to her. I don't know what Naomi did to her. I have <laughs> Did you admire? I'll tell you one thing. I yeah. don't know any bitch who's done something to me in my life that I could take 10 years from now and still want to have a conversation with her about it as if I'm still her. So I don't know. Maybe Tyra's a weak ass bitch. It's true to your point. Like people that I've had issues with, I'm certainly don't have issues with them 10 years later. I don't hold on to things either like that. I mean, that's a long time. That's a long time. You still mad on your own talk show? On your own syndicated talk show? You're still mad about a Versace show backstage? You have a syndicated talk show and a fucking global phenomenon of America's Next Time Model. Bitch, get over it. You feel me? Yeah. Damn. I wish I would still be mad about something. Well, maybe one day you'll get to meet Naomi and you could explain how you're on America's Next Top Model. You know, it's funny because I only met her in passing one time and she's my actual idol. And I love Naomi and all her foolishness. I fucking love it. I mean, live you have to live your life like it's golden. If I were her, I've done the same shit. Who cares? Right? I've only met her in passing one time. I'm so mad about it. I don't know when I'll ever be able to meet you on meet Naomi Campbell. I have no idea. And I've met a lot of people. I've met a lot of people. I don't know why I've never met fucking Naomi Campbell. But um Where did you meet her in passing? We did this show and I did this show in New York, a talk show. I talk to so many people on this show that when I run into someone or have them back on the show and they remember my name, I'm always blown away. It's the little details. And when it comes to sheets, the only place I turn is Bowl and Branch. Why? Because they pay attention to the little details. Bowl and Branch was formed by a husband and wife team that set out to give sleepers more choices for high quality sheets at a fair price. And boy, did they ever accomplish that. What I love is the variety of colors. I chose the pewter mainly because it goes best with my apartment. The sheets are so elegant. They look and feel so sophisticated 
sophisticated, but the price is so reasonable. That's why I chose them. They're hundred percent organic cotton. They are made toxin free. And what I love is they get softer with every wash sheets that look high end, sophisticated and elegant, but are affordable. Sign me up. And that is why I did sign up. These are the only sheets I will now use. And you guys need to check this out. So listen, you can try them worry free for 30 nights with free shipping and returns to experience the best sheets you've ever felt. Choose Bowling Branch. And because you're listening to this podcast, you get an exclusive 15% off your first set of sheets with promo code VELVET at BowlingBranch.com. That's Bowling Branch, B-O-L-L and B-R-A-N-C-H dot com, promo code VELVET. I was on a talk show in New York, uh, and she was on the segment before mine. And so she was walking out, and I was walking in, and she was like, oh, hi. And they were like, you know, Naomi, you got to meet Gina Washington in the miles. And she was like, hi, nice to meet you. Oh, my, hi. And I was like, hi, Naomi. She was like, oh, you're very beautiful. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. She walked away. I was like, oh, wow. I was kind of <laughs> Do you think Naomi has ever seen an episode of America's Next Top Model? If she bothers to, then maybe. But she might not bother with that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. She might not be bothered with that shit. Like, I don't know. She's like, tire shit. I don't give a fuck about no tire shit. You know? Did you look up to Tyra, like, before you met her? I did. My brother had a Tyra Banks poster. My best guy friend growing up had a Tyra Banks poster. Everybody in Tyra Banks was Sports Illustrated, Victoria's Secret. When I worked in Victoria's Secret, I saw her on all the bags and all the, you know, posters and stuff. And I just thought Tyra Banks was so beautiful. I did look up to her. I love Naomi kind of more, but I looked up to Tyra. I loved her. And then she, um, she really is. It's sandal season, and that's something I used to wait all year for. But now, with the new Croc style sandals, I embrace those feel good summer vibes all year long. And you can too. I love Croc's new getaway sandals. With their new feel-free technology, they're so light and soft, it feels like you don't have shoes on at all. It's like walking on clouds. They're Brooklyn sandals. They're so stylish and sophisticated. They have a classic style and a modern simplicity. And let's not forget their new Miami sandals. They're an elevated silhouette and they have a slight lift, which I love. So thanks to Crocs, these aren't just sandals for a single season. You can wear them year-round. And that's what I love best about Crocs because being this comfortable transcends a single season or a single vacation or even a single moment. It's a mindset. Thank you, Crocs. And right now you get 20% off your next purchase at crocs.com. Just use the code sandals20 at checkout. That's sandals20 at crocs.com for 20% off your purchase. Do you remember Tuesday, September 20th, 2016? Because we do. Because it's the day This Is Us premiered after more than 70 million of you watched our trailer and made our show go viral. I'm Mandy Moore. I am Chris Sullivan. And I am Sterling Brown. We are your hosts of That Was Us, a rewatch podcast starting May 14th. Listen to our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be able to watch our episodes on the That Was Us YouTube channel. Well, that's what they say. Don't meet your idols. It's disappointing. I know, right? Because they're just doing their job. That's it. So that must in some ways have 
been a disappointment. You know, like once you're on the show, I mean, you know, like you're there to get as far as possible, but. I was trying to be friends with her and she was not trying to be my friend. And I was like, this fucking bitch. I was trying to be friends with her and I could not get through to her. She was very, like they called it a third wall, you know? So it's, you're, it's, there's distance. And I, that's what I did not like. And then I didn't like how she kept fucking talking to me. So I remember I made a comment towards the end of the season and they asked me how I did on the cover girl shoot. And I was like, I said, I think I did great. And hopefully, and finally in, uh, and I said, hopefully in panel, I won't have Tyra Banks telling me I suck or something like that. You know, I won't have, I won't, I don't have to have Tyra Banks telling me that I, that my pictures are terrible. I said something like that. Has, did she give you any good advice throughout the process? Like one piece of the, something that you took with you? No. <laughs> no. No. Tyra gave me nothing. She gave me nothing. I remember my last little speech I had. You didn't tell me why you deserve to be here. So I gave a little Martin Luther King speech because that's the type of nigga I am. And I said something like, you know, whatever happens with me in this competition, I know that I left off better than how I started because life is not about the destination. It's about the journey. And I'm thankful for the journey, you know, some type of shit like that. And so um, when she gave me my Eugenia, you gotta go speech, she was like, but you know, you have come a long way. And like you said, life is about the journey. So I was like, okay, this bitch be listening to me. But other than that, so I gave her something, you know? But other than that, Seriously. No, I don't hate Tyra. I just don't like her. I don't hate her. I just don't like her. Like, I don't like girls like that. I don't like girls like that. So I don't like her, you know? Well, like, it's like you said, like, we're all, I mean, your point, like the whole point of this chat, like, everyone's a human. So just because you think you're up here, we, it doesn't mean you're going to respect someone if they're not worthy of respect. Yeah. I'm rather you're not worthy of respect. Like I respected her and respected her her man. I respect the fact that she created America's next top motherfucking model. Because I wouldn't be here if she didn't create that. So it's a testament of like literally living out your purpose and living out your dreams because you give opportunities to other people. That's what makes her a fucking boss. And I will forever be um um I guess grateful to that. And I I respect that and I respect people that create things that give other people opportunities because you are a true boss and you're literally living in your purpose and you're following your passions and you're doing you're doing something that's greater than you I love that but to take that and make it uh to muff it up and make it this like um negative scary like high pressure anxiety like institution was is where I don't appreciate it. And I don't think a lot of, I mean, listen, all reality shows have their own. Yes, producers manipulate, but I don't think these other competition shows have that type of element. I, I, I really don't. I'll tell you the real situation. For about a week after I got home, every morning when I woke up, I would literally see with my eyes a camera crew walking across the front window. And I have to blink. And I'd be like, oh my God, it's not camera. Okay, cool. I'm at home. Like, it took me a long time to get out of that um, groove of just being in that institution. Yeah, I mean, 
And kind of mind, not mind fucked me, but honestly, I, every morning I woke up and I would see a camera crew walking across with my eyes like I'm a crazy person. And it wouldn't even, wouldn't even be there. Really? Yeah, like, because as soon as you wake up every morning, there's a camera crew and it's, it's the sound guy with the boom that's holding the big boom thing. It's the camera person holding this big camera. And then there's the person that's holding the audio um, backpack in the front with all the, the mic packs in. So it's a group of, mic, of audio that follows you. And there's like maybe oh, a group of camera crews. Maybe like five different camera crews and they just follow you. As soon as you wake up, they know when you're waking up your eye, you're opening your eyes. And then you see this camera crew slowly walking in. And they have this big camera on you and they zoom in on your face and they zoom down your body and they zoom back up and they stand there and they watch you and they wait till you wake up like that. And you literally, when it was over, you thought you saw a camera crew. I saw them with my eyes. It was almost like, they looked like a ghost. Like, because when I got home, um, my bed was in front of a window. And so I open my eyes and look up and then I just see like, um, what's the word for ghosts? Like in in sub- like you literally like you were having like a hallucination. Like you thought yeah. they were there. Yes, because that's what I saw every single day for three three months, without fail. It's like PTSD. Like when you get out of the army. Great PTSD. It was literal PTSD. Yeah. And you just, did you like, you just felt like you were being watched, like filmed? Yeah, and then I'd blink and then the camera crew would leave and I'd be like, oh, okay, and I'd wake up and I'd go about my day. And it would happen again the next morning. And it happened for like a week, yeah, PTSD. Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At least you didn't have the, like I imagine some girls probably had it even worse in the sense that like, if they truly were afraid of Tyra, which you weren't, they would probably wake up feeling, you know, like to me, it's like a battered wife or like anyone like, and it's being abused. Like you wake up waiting to be screamed at and you're like, no one's here. I will say in real life though, we did not see Tyra enough to be afraid of her as contestants. Right. Only were afraid of her during panel. Right. Because she had the power of life and death in her hands. In the, the form of these pictures. Right. But other than that, like we didn't see her enough. So we didn't, it wasn't her that we were necessarily afraid of. It was the idea of getting booted off the show and dying by the hands of her. Right. Who we looked up to, which was the mind fuck. You know? Yeah. Right. I mean, you didn't want to go home. Yeah, and we didn't want to be sent home by this woman that we looked up to. So it was like, I thought you liked me. I guess you don't like me. Okay, well, what do I do with this now? I don't have an idol anymore. You know, it's weird, right? Yeah. 19, 19, 18. Did being on Top Model, like, did it change you as a person? I mean, it sounds like you were already a strong person, strong sense of self. This is what Top Model did. I never said this out loud. Top Model um, made me not like taking pictures and looking at pictures of myself. Really? And that is a tragedy. And if I, 
I'm not a violent person, but I would probably punch Tyra in the face because of that. Because for a long time in my career, I didn't like looking at pictures of myself because when I was on Top Model, that was the first time I've ever modeled. And I have a professional crew, uh, professional makeup, hair, clothes, everything, beautiful locations, all this stuff. And then I look at a picture of me and it would be ugly. And you would have all these professional grown-ups telling you that your pictures are ugly after you've gotten done up by the best in the business. So now you have to take that and go into life and somehow think that you're able to take a good picture. Do you, does that make sense? Right. Because you're there with the best makeup people in the world, hair, everything. You've never modeled before. She's purposely picking the worst pictures of you. And so therefore you don't want to take you that they're the best. She's telling yeah. you, these are the best. This is the best image out of a hundred frames that I could find of you. That's and a mind fog. Right. So for me, it took away my ability to just naturally enjoy myself in pictures because I've always had that thing in the back of my mind that it was going to turn out ugly because that's the PTSD of it. So I really had to work through that. And I still have to work through that now. So again, because, and that's why I'm so mad because we were so young. You know what I mean? You, you, if you get a young person's mind that age, then you, you, you like something clicks in their mind and it's, it's a, it's a learned behavior that it's hard to unclick, especially when it's in that arena of being sequestered. You're in just this, this small space based on pictures and what you look like for three months and you're 21 years old. You know, it messes with your mind a little bit. So I didn't deserve that. And I didn't expect that to be a, a uh, hangover of that experience, but it was, and it made modeling hard for me personally and emotionally. And I won't punch Tyra in her face for that. Well, that's a hard thing. Like if you're a model and your job is to take pictures and now you don't want to take pictures because you're being told this is the best picture of you ever. And really it's one of the worst. By Tyra Banks. You know what I mean? Not by your mama, by Tyra Banks, the, the fucking professional picture taker is telling you that your pictures are ugly. Yeah. Like mind fuck. So it wasn't that I didn't want to take pictures. I did it anyway because I knew that this is what I was supposed to be doing. But when I did take the pictures, I did not have the confidence subconsciously to know that they were going to be great. I do now, but like for shit, eight years of my career, I didn't, I was just taking them. That makes sense to me. Did you get, did you find like, so how was life after the show other than that? Like, did you get work right away? Oh, I started working right away. The first job I ever had was a South Pole campaign and I had a billboard in Times Square and then I moved to LA and I did LA fashion week and I, did all the shows and I worked a lot and I did commercials. At first I did a bunch of commercials. I did hella TV. Like I've been working. Well, another thing you did was December, 2015 playmate of the month. Hugh Hefner. Oh yeah, I did that. <laughs> that was cool. That was cool. That was cool. And um, playmate of the year, 2016. You're just being yeah. modest. Yeah, I did that. 
<laughs> that was cool. That was very cool. Um, that was an interesting time in my life. But that was cool. So I did that um, on some Eugenia shit. So I wanted to... I wanted to prove to the world that a black woman, a dark-skinned black woman, could be beautiful on the cover of this magazine that was predominantly that was predominantly dominated by short, blonde, big titty, big boob white women. And that was the reason why I did Playboy. Yeah. And well, it worked. And I was like, when I do it, it's gonna be beautiful, it's gonna be um, glamorous, it's gonna be elegant. And um, um, it's going to be elevated. It's going to be fashionable. And they're going to see that a Black woman changed the face of Playboy. And so that's what I went and I did that for. So that was a cool little experience. Because now Playboy is hiring all kinds of, uh, they're very diverse. And they're hiring all kinds of models to be Playmates. It's not just blonde girls with big titties. Yeah. Their legs open and showing their pussy lips. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, I don't replay boy as a self-respecting gay man, but I do understand what it is. And listen, it's a very iconic magazine. So and plus I was like, it's a very iconic magazine. If I can go on here and be on the cover of this bitch, let's fucking do it. Why not? But I knew I was gonna be Playmate of the Year too. That was another plan. Um as soon as I did it, I was like, if I'm gonna do it, then I guess I'm gonna be Playmate of the Year. And it's just like I'll say this, in your life, you have to set your mind on something, believe it, and then just do it and let it go and it'll happen. And that's how I live my life. Like if I decide I'm gonna do something, it fucking gets done. I just say it and I do it and it happens. What what was Hugh Hefner like? Sad because I, he was at the end of his life when I was, Mm -hmm. um, when I joined the family. And I met him one time. I met him on my press day and he was in his room and he was sitting down, but he was so nice. And I love him because he handpicked my pictorial and he hand selected me, you know? So, um, and Hugh Hafner has always been a person who um, fought for racial diversity and inclusion. And, you know, he gave a lot of comedians and performers and recording artists, um, you know, opportunities to perform and host uh, Playboy After Dark during the 70s when, you know, Black people weren't allowed to perform on TV. So he's always been a part of the cause. So it was special for him to select me. It was kind of like, it was, it was, it's, it's just one of those interesting life um, occurrences, especially because of my background as well. Um, so I saw him in this room and he was so nice. And he said, you're so beautiful. He was sitting on the chair and he was frail and skinny, but he was smiling as much as he could. And he said, hey, you're so beautiful. And I was like, oh, Mr. Hefner. So I walked over to him, he could barely stand up. So I kind of had to lift him up to give him a hug. And we embraced and I sat him back down in the chair. And he was just like, he put his hand on my knee and he just said, you know, you're so beautiful. Welcome to the family. And like a little, you know, soft voice. And he did what he can do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
and we took our picture together and he he got up in his walker and his wheelchair I think and he walked away but that's what it was yeah and you were the last person that he announced at the playmate mansion mm-hmm. yeah before his death as the playmate of the year yeah yeah so that's a cool that's a cool Janis Dickinson moment He's an icon. Listen, (laughs) what about, well, I don't know if you watch it, but what about Dancing with the Stars? I mean, how do you feel about Tyra now being the host? Tyra will always have Tyra's head stuck up Tyra's ass. And until she stops that shit, I think she's always going to be. I mean, she tar- she kind of turned herself into this caricature now. This is how I feel. And I feel like um, Tyra, I mean, I don't watch her and I don't like her. <laughs> so I heard some stuff. I heard they said she was a bad host. And I, and I see sometimes on Twitter, because I follow her on Twitter, she says, what's Ty Ty going to be wearing today? And it's like, ugh. Let's play to me. I've heard, I, I don't watch it, but I've heard it's not going well. Yeah, I mean, she just needs to get her head out of her ass. We know who you are, Tyra. We know what you've accomplished. We see it. We know it. We've seen it. We grew up on it. We get it. We got it. So what are you going to, what are you going to evolve into? Like, are you giving back wholeheartedly? You know, do you care about other people? Or do you just, are you just so into proving that you are Tyra Banks? in a way that none of us give a fuck anymore. You're old, you're not that beautiful like that anymore. You know what I mean? So we're not looking to you like that. We're looking to you to be like a teacher and a soundboard and a person that has, um, that is gracious and can, um, and accepting and open, like be something different than fucking Ty 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 Banks, Banks X, ooh, Banks, Banks, Smizy, Smizy, like, come on now. Yeah. No one's saying Smize anymore, we don't care. No, we're not. No, we don't. We don't. That generation's over. And I know there's diehard, I know there's diehard ANTM fans. And I love you guys. If you're listening out there, I love all of you guys. But we're in our 30s. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's time to move on. Late 20s, 30s. How do you feel about the modeling industry? Like, has it changed? Like, so, like, we have like the Gigi Hadids, the Bella Hadids. Kendall Jenner, Delilah Bell, you laughed. I mean, like... Kendall Jenner bought her way into the agency, but whatever. Well, that was yeah, one of my... Yeah, she did. And I remember when Kendall Jenner came out, we were in New York, Fashion Week. And the season before, Kendall Jenner was just trying to be model, and she sucked. She had to hire a coach and everything, and she, like, no one cared. And then all of a sudden, she's walking exclusive for Calvin Klein. And it's like, how the fuck? You know, we are all drudging through snow and rain to go to these 20 castings a day. We've been out here doing this shit for the past five years. We are blood, sweat, and tears taking these fucking pictures, being at this casting going to this overseas place by ourselves that we've never been to, spending three months in Africa trying to take these pictures, going to South Korea. Like, we were out here putting work in. And just because Kendall Jenner feels like she wants to be a model now, she gets to walk exclusive for Calvin Klein her first season, you know? So we were all mad because we, all the models were just like, this is not fair. 
since when you get to buy your way into the fashion industry. But the thing is, when you're born with, uh, when you're born with privilege, and your mommy has connections, you have to take advantage of those. So you got it. So you know, her mom said, "Decide what you want to do." She said, "I want to be a model," and her mom said, "Fine, we'll make it happen." I mean, I wish life was that easy, but we were all mad. We were. I remember all all of the models were mad. We were all mad. And Kendall probably wants to say, I don't know her. And it's not that I don't like her, but I'm just talking about my life. You know, it's her, we heard that she said, you know, I worked hard. I was like, no, you didn't. You didn't work hard. You showed up to where you were supposed to show up to. You maybe took some classes or whatever. You got whatever surgery you needed to get. And you did a lot of work. You were probably busy. You are probably super busy. You know, you probably didn't get a lot of sleep because you were busy making money. But you didn't work hard to get there, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, do you feel the same about like Gigi and Bella Hadid? All of a sudden, I see Gigi Hadid as a rookie of Sports Illustrated. And it's like, where the fuck did this bitch come from? I never seen her around. Because all the girls know each other. We all know each other. We all know each other. We all see each other at the castings. We all see each other at the shows. We all see whose campaigns are coming out. We're always on models.com. We know who's out there. We were always on all of the um agency sites seeing who's coming in models.com always has the models of the moment all of that you know in every industry you know all the players so we yeah. know all the players so when she came out and it was like sports illustrated it was like who's this ggid girl oh her mom you know so i remember that time i remember that era when the girls came out and everybody was mad because it just was not fair because we've been working our ass off and getting rejected and people telling us no and you know living on a hope and a prayer and a dream and some of the girls had to um you know some of the girls had to do whatever they had to do to live in new york to be able to hopefully kind of maybe model you're not making all kinds of money in the very beginning if you're not making commercial money you're not making all kinds of money you know yeah you hope you hope to get into this show so then you can get this editorial so then that editorial can get you this campaign so you can finally make some money but if you if that doesn't happen you are just still hoping for that break season after season and you're trying to show up you're buying these expensive bags or trying to get somebody to buy these bags so you can look like money because you got to look like money you're putting your outfits together we're borrowing each other's clothes I, can I wear your Chanel bag to this casting? You know, we're really trying to make this shit happen. We're, there's girl, we were fasting. One of my friends was eating grapes. You know, at the same time, some girls were, uh, had to live in model apartments. And so they had to, in order to pay for the model apartments, they had to go out with, um, what do they call them? Promoters at night and be at these nightclubs just to have a place to stay and some food to eat to supplement them. Like, Girls were out here working hard to try to get a fucking any type of runway job with goddamn Calvin Klein. And this bitch going smooth right on in because her mommy said so. So we're mad. That's understandable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah. So they, they powered their way through and that's why they are where they are. And they can say, I worked hard, but it's like, no, you're working hard, making money because you're booked all the time because of who your mom is and who your sister is and who your family is. 
So of course, if I had a packed schedule and I'm working sun up and sundown, making millions and millions of dollars, I'm working hard too. But how did I get here? You know? Right. Like, I didn't work hard to get here. I just showed up. Give me my money, thanks. Oh my right. God, so hard, like. Right. You work hard. What are you up to now? So for me, I'm I've been modeling for a long time, and I had to take some hiatus off for personal reasons and shit. We don't even gotta go into that. But now I'm back modeling because that's how I make my money, and that's always been as for my adult life how I made my money. But for me, like I'm bigger than that. I'm more than that. So for me, it's like okay, finally starting my. Well, I'm, I guess I can talk about it. Yes. So I have a skincare line coming out. It's called Faded Skincare. You um, can, pl- this is the, your place to plug everything, honey. You answered all my questions. So you're entitled. You, you tell us about this. Thank you. I have a skincare line coming out. It's called Faded Skincare. I modeled the first product off of a skin oil that I created myself. I've been using that for the past five years and like it literally changed the overall quality of my skin. It kept me young. It kept my skin just bright and supple and like no wrinkles or anything like that. Um, So it's kind of just like my anti, my own personal anti-aging elixir that I've been using. And so I'm like manufacturing and creating it. It's called Faded Skincare. It has CBD in it, which is one of the main ingredients. I am a marijuana user. And I've always loved CBD. I actually worked at a marijuana dispensary in 2015 because I love weed so much. I really? You yes. don't seem like the type that loves weed. I'm I mean, not- I know that's a, there's a lot of stereotypes in that statement, but I, I just, you don't. I get what you mean by that. I love weed. So I love weed for its medicinal purposes. Um, I don't have a date for it, but watch out for it. It's called Faded Skincare. I wish I could tell you more, but I don't have more. Also, I'm starting a YouTube channel. It's just going to be like Eugenia and her life and dating in my 30s, trying to maneuver in my 30s, what that looks like and how that is being a single woman out here dating in her 30s. Um, I'm going to start this series that I started before it's called in bed with eugenia that was on ig but i'm gonna take it to youtube and speak a little bit more intimately about like my personal relationships and the things that i've experienced um so that's called in bed with eugenia series um i'm acting as well that's always been a thing i've been actually doing a lot of auditions lately so acting as well um i just created a course for skillshare so i have a course for skillshare coming out it's about how to regain your confidence and reconnect with your um, self after you lose your after you lose it basically, and I think that's all I have going on right now. Speaking of acting, did you ever have any scenes with our R H O B H Real Housewives of Beverly Hills like Denise Richards, Eileen Davidson? Because you were on Bold and Beautiful. I was on Bold and Beautiful, but I did. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I know about you. <laughs> Um, no, I didn't. I did not. Just I curious. I never was on the R-O-H-O-A, but um, I was on Rami, that show on Hulu, season one, episode seven, and I did, I was in this, The Perfect Match. That movie was 2016, and I did an independent film called Affairs of State. I, Affairs of State, I think that's on Amazon right now. You love acting? I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to love it. I'm beginning to love it. I'm, I'm beginning to find myself within it. And so I'm beginning to love it for sure. 
you need to, you'll, you'll come back on. So I will, you need to read the book. It's, I'm telling you, it's such an easy read. I start books and I put them down all the time. You could read this in like two days. It's, it will, I just think like having been on the show, especially you're going to be like, what? And maybe it's not real, but, and there's a huge twist in it towards the end that you'll be like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Ah, okay. Yeah. I'm going to read it and then I'm going to get back in touch with you and we can talk about it. And then you can come back on and we'll chat. We'll have like another, um, well on that note where, cause I will DM you on Instagram. Where can everyone find you? You can find me Instagram at Eugenia Washington. You can find me on Twitter. I talk my shit, um, at Eugenia W and my, uh, Facebook, Eugenia Washington, but I'm not usually on Facebook. Facebook is kind of like the end. Um, and my YouTube is going to be Eugenia Washington, so. That's easy to remember. Yeah, my name. I will slip into your DMs because, like, we'll keep in touch. Like, my mouth is open. You've told, like, I mean, it's, like, dropped open because, like, this is, you don't hold back. And that's great. Like, this, you're honest. And, I mean, I have a very similar opinion on life, too. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. It's just, I don't have a problem with you until you, like, I start, to me, when I meet you, you're a 10 out of 10. Like, and when you start treating me a certain way, you're going to work your way down pretty quickly. And then I don't care who you are. Exactly. And once you get down, you, you can live or die. And I don't, I wouldn't even know. This was awesome. Thank you. We had a kitty chat, didn't we? Love you much. Love you, love you. Talk soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me, and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.